What is up, Flagger Fellow Sports fans? We are finally back with a new episode. I'm your host, Chris, and we have Tarun on as well, uh, other host, Tarun. Hey, I'm right And here. today we're going to be talking about a new hot topic in the NBA, which is Kyrie Irving will not get his vaccine. You ready to take it away? Yep. So let's kind of take a look at what's happening with Kyrie as a situation. I'll kind of go over that. So Kyrie, obviously, he hasn't had the vaccine and the rule in Brooklyn or New York in general is that you have to have the vaccine for different stuff, such as practice and games. So to Kyrie's, go into a gym, yeah. Yeah, to go into a gym. So Kyrie's still refusing that. The government did, uh, the the state did allow him to go to attend practice because it was a private business, but he will not be able to play home games and he will only be able to play away games unless he gets the vaccine. And at first, the Nets kind of had hope that, oh, it was just like Kyrie doing one of his things that he always does. But now it's looking bad. KD and Steve Nash all have very little to no hope that Kyrie will actually get the vaccine. And that leads us to our our latest report that the Brooklyn Nets say Kyrie Irving won't be able to play as a part-time player. They won't allow him to play only away games. They're basically telling him, you can either play all games or you can play none of the games. So that's kind of the situation we have here with Kyrie. Kyrie's kind of always been known for doing that. We can get more into his games played and stats like that later on. But Chris, what do you have to think about this? You know, something I really have to say is uh, the main guy that people were saying he was going to get traded for too. Uh, another thing that's been screwing the Nets up now is uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons is coming back to the Sixers. Um, yep. You know, he, he just showed back up at the Sixers, uh, whatever it is. Is it, you know, not training camp anymore, I guess, preseason or. Yeah. And um, he took the COVID vaccine or the COVID test, which you're required to do if you want to play. Yeah. So he is uh, just without any words or anything. Um, I guess I did a video on Rich Paul a long time ago, how I thought Rich Paul was overstepping his power as an agent with this. I guess uh, that he just gave up and. The team just will would not trade him, so they decided to bring him back. But you know that that is something that the Nets are going to have to look out for now because the Nets that was their main trade target reportedly at least, and you know now the Sixers probably won't trade him because he's going to play. So, and I will tell you something else too about these Kyrie trade rumors. It's been expected around the league that if Kyrie is traded, he's going to immediately retire. Just retire, yeah. Yeah, he's just going to retire. So that again makes it so that m- m- most teams will not want Kyrie. There may be some teams who think they can kind of get him to, to play, but I'd say right now, if you're even looking at the possibility of a trade, which is probably not going to happen, no Cali team will take him because they have the same rules there. So honestly, really, the only good fit would be the Sixers. But now, as Chris, you said, there that's not really going to happen. But I just wanted to say that like Kyrie... He's been known to do these kind of things. Like I'm I'm going to pull up his stats right now, games played. So in 2011, he did play 51 games, but that was a short season. I believe it was 65 games. Is that correct? It was uh, 66 games. So 66 if he played 51, games. that means that he missed 15. Okay. Then after that, in 2012 to 13, he played 59. 2013 to 14, he played 71. The next year, he played 75, which that is his highest games played per season. He then went 2015 to 16, he played 53 games, then he had a 72-game season, then he had a 60-game season, a 67-game season, then in 2019 to 2020, he had a 20-game season, 
And then last year he had a 54 game season. So you can already see that he's kind of missing all a good chunk of games. And again, already. Uh, real quick, just sorry to button. Yeah. Um, last season and the season before were both uh, also shortened. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah, that's shortened. But I would still say 20 games played even for the bubble season is a bit low. That's a, that Yeah, it's still very low. They played 60 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And last year played 54. Season was a bit short, but it wasn't. How many did they play last year? 70? Yeah, it was 70 or 71. Something around there. But he still missed like 20 games. So he's always had that kind of mentality of he's going to miss games. Especially last year, he had the personal leave. So he kind of just does whatever he feels like. And for some reason, it's getting away. So I will say I'm happy that the Nets kind of decided to not let it slide anymore. Before the behavior we'd get from the Nets organization is that they just say, oh, just let Kyrie be, he'll be back. But now I think they're starting to take it seriously that this is just something that Kyrie does. And I think that it's kind of, I think it's good for the league in general that the Nets are standing up to Kyrie for this because it brings back a little power into the ownership. So players like Kyrie can't just keep skipping games, skipping their jobs for no reason. Yeah. Um, just one other thing I wanted to add is he only played 11 games at Duke as well. So he actually uh, missed college as well. Missed college yeah. games. So now let's take into, let's just assume that it just ignore that the whole retirement thing. Let's say that the Nets do want to trade him. What teams would you look at if you were the Nets? Obviously we'd have to exclude every Cali team as well in that. Hmm. You know, I'm not sure who would even take him at this point. Yeah. But just for the sake of, like, just looking at a balanced trade, what would you do for a trade? Because technically, right now, Kyrie can play all away games. The rules for the gyms are only for home players, at least in, in Brooklyn. So if he joins another team, he has the he's allowed to play all the games. Now, if he actually plays all the games, that's another story, but he's allowed to play all the games. You know who would who would you even look at? I would look at the Pacers. I'd say for the Nets, like, do they really need another guard? No, but with Kyrie's big name, and obviously Kyrie's very good, which is like the worst part of all this. He's not just some someone who's going to get sent back to the G League. Not someone that if they don't get the vaccine like this, they can't they'll get kicked off the team. It is Kyrie, which is like why this is such a big deal. But I would say right now the Nets, their main problem is room protection. Because they have LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, but they aren't the best room protectors. They do have Nick Claxton, who's still developing. But I'd say if they can kind of flip Kyrie for a combination of Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner, that would be that would make the Nets a much better team than they were now, especially since Miles Turner has led the league in blocks before, as well as the fact that he's not even that bad of a shooter. And replacing Kyrie with a bigger Malcolm Brogdon would be good for the team as well. But obviously, the only way the Pacers would ever accept that deal is if they knew that Kyrie was going to play. He's done all this like personal leave stuff like that, so... That's why, again, I was saying before, the trades are very unlikely. But the Nets are running out of options. Like, they can't just waste his $30 million salary with him playing 40 games max, probably with his personal leaves, like 20 games a season, and then no home playoff games either. 
you, you know, to me, the other thing too is like, especially with the Eastern Conference teams, you, you know, the Nets are probably going to the Nets are still probably a favorite to win the championship, right? So it's like, why would a team want to improve the Nets? Yeah, there's also that. Like, even without Kyrie, I would say with just Harden and KD, as well as the fact that they got Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, then they got Cam Thomas, uh, the rookie. He's He's been pretty good in the preseason and the summer league. So they're already a favorite to go to the finals, even without Kyrie. But as a net, as the Nets organization, you can't have someone as valuable as Kyrie just sitting out every game. So they're obviously going to have to look at something. Yeah, kind of my point, though, is um, like if you're an Eastern Conference team and you know that Kyrie will not play, then why would you want to trade someone for Kyrie? Because if you, Because you know that the Nets are going to just have nothing. Right, so why would you yeah. want to give the Nets something? Yeah, that's why it's that's why it's going to be hard. That's why he's put the Nets organization in a really bad place, especially when we look at. I will say the Nets did sign down KD long term, but Harden, Harden, it's been told is making his decision based on how the Nets are able to handle this. So there is a high possibility that Kyrie can single handedly end the Nets franchise if he if he, everything messes up with Kyrie, he doesn't play at all a single game. Harden leaves, the whole big three was for nothing. The Nets traded away their entire future just for two seasons of only KD. So, yeah, I do think, I agree with you that it's going to be very hard to even find a trade. But I feel like the Nets are, are, I feel like the Nets will at least attempt discussions. Yeah, not saying that they won't, but still, uh, it's kind of, it's just, again, it's going to be difficult to get any team to even talk to you at this point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially since the only per, the only team I, I would think they would have even had a chance with is flipping Ben Simmons because we know how much Philly doesn't want Ben Simmons, how much Ben Simmons is, how big of a deal Ben Simmons is making it. So I think that was the only place where they had a remote chance. But again... On top of the fact that even if he's traded, he can play. He wants to. He's going to retire most likely, anyways. So it's going to be hard for the Nets to really get anything back. I would say maybe what NBA fans would want is LeBron recruits Kyrie and flips Westbrook for Kyrie. So we get a big three reunion in Brooklyn of the original OKC trio, but that's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, unfor- like you said, unfortunately, there's no way. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing I just want to touch on, like Kyrie is just a weird guy in general. Yeah. Like, you know, like the flat earth thing? Yeah. Um, Just stuff like that. Just He's just too unpredictable, too much of a wild card. Yeah. Like the thing is, like he can believe what he wants, but it shouldn't affect him in essentially doing what is his job. And his job, he's getting paid millions and millions of dollars to play these games. And he's just sacrificing that, especially when he talks about like how he wants to help people in need. He's just sacrificing money that could be used to help a lot of people as well. So I really don't understand why he doesn't want the vaccine, especially since I saw a report that Kyrie doesn't isn't really anti-vax. He doesn't really have a problem with the vaccine. 
he's just upset that people are losing their jobs because of the vaccine. So he essentially he's not playing he's not playing these games because he's upset other people lost their jobs over the vaccine. He doesn't even have a problem with the vaccine. Now, what's funny is that his $35 million per year salary, he could probably give everyone that's lost their job like $20,000. Yeah, he could help. He could help a majority of the people. Like, obviously, he doesn't need all $30 million to live his life. If he really cared, he could help out a lot of people. No, I'm not saying that, like, he needs to help out a lot of people, but he should at least do his job. Like, he understands that it's bad to lose a job. And in reaction, he decides to not do his job and not get paid at all. He's getting going to make nothing this season if he doesn't get the vaccine. If you were the Nets, would you play him for 41 games? I mean, it would set kind of a bad precedent for the team. And especially the chemistry. Like, Obviously, the big three do get special treatment, but that is just kind of extreme special treatment that they let him play that. I guarantee if if we replaced Kyrie with Joe Harris, Joe Harris would be off the team by now. They would not be dealing with him. Joe Harris would be dropped, even though he's a good shooter. But that's just the problem with Kyrie and how valuable he is. But I believe that then what the Nets are doing is good. They're not going to let him get paid for basically nothing, especially since if you look at the playoffs, he won't even play half the playoff games, especially since we can assume that the Nets are going to have a high seed in the in the playoffs, he's not going to play the first two games of every every series, which is just ridiculous. They should show him that they're actually serious about what they're doing because I feel like that's the Nets' leverage right now is they're telling him you either go all in or you're all out. Instead of letting him play half, they tell they kind of are pressuring him to get it, which, I mean, is what they want to do. I mean, it's, it's not even really pressuring. It's just showing that they want committed teammates because that's just not fair to Harden, KD, the rest of the team for Kyrie to just come in and play whenever he wants, basically. Do you think it makes sense in general for the NBA not to have a full mandate, like that this only applies to a couple teams? I think that, like, I don't really think the NB- this is the NBA's decision at all. This is just, like, the state the state mandates. Well, yeah, my point is, is that the NBA decided to not have any mandate. So... My my point is, do you think it makes sense for the NBA to not do a mandate because now it only affects certain teams versus if they did a mandate, it would affect every team? Yeah, I think that it would be more fair if they just affected the mandate for every team. So players are so each player on each team is kind of dealing with the same situation. But I can also understand why they didn't do it because they're essentially an employer. And they would be rejecting their employees based on vaccination status. Not not to get like political or anything, just in general. Like yeah. if you could choose, would you have it as like no one is required to or like everyone is required to or say, like in the middle what they're doing right now? I would say everyone is required to because they can't do no one is required to because of the state. So I'd say you make the playing field even. So No, no. But, but my point is. is uh, play at all. What was that? My point is, is if you could, if if you could, if you yourself could just tell the states right now oh, okay. to stop their mandate, like, would you do that? I if feel you could like, pick, like, like, like yeah. I'll, I'll phrase it better. If you no, could pick between the states ending the mandate 
and the NBA making a full mandate, which would you pick? I would say that I would honestly say that it should be each person's individual choice. So I would say if I could decide, I would say no mandate because some people, unlike Kyrie actually have reasons that for not getting the vaccine, whether it be religious or whatnot. So I, I would just say like, you can play regardless because of what the NBA, the NBA does take safety measures in testing everyone before they play the games anyways. So there's just no possible way the players would be able to play with COVID because especially last season, they would have to take five, six tests before a single game. So I would say keep those measures in, in place and then just let the vaccination decision be everyone's choice. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And what would you um, think about that? What would you have done? What would I do personally? Yeah. I would say the same as you, only because I think that if I'm just the NBA and I don't have to deal with any of these states, right? Like, I'm an entertainment business, right? Yeah. Like, if I lose an entertaining player like Kyrie Irving, yeah, like, I'm probably going to, therefore, just make less money or have less viewers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just based purely off of that, I would probably rather have no one required. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I still do, but they are like, they are still taking a lot of safety precautions. So it's not like vaccine or nothing too. Cause no, yeah, like for sure. last, the entire last season they played without any vaccination mandates at all. So. Yeah. But like, it, it is a little different now just cause there's yeah, no government restrictions on anything. Yeah. yeah. And then I just wanted to bring up something. So do you have any more stuff to add about Kyrie? Because I want to talk about one more player after this. Are you going to talk about Jonathan Isaac by chance? Nope. It's not related to the vaccine. Oh, okay. Who do you want to talk about? It's related to Russell Westbrook. Or it is Russell Westbrook. Oh, boy. What's up now? let Let me pull up his stats real quick. Oh, yeah. He's played two preseason games. Yes, it is preseason games. It's not that big of a deal. But in those two games combined, he has 15 turnovers. He almost had a double-double in t- with turnovers. He's just been really kind of really sloppy with it. And like the first game he played was against the the Warriors. And Russell Westbrook had two points in 17 minutes. Then in his third game, which was the most recent game before tonight, they played the Suns. And he had... One sec. He had a very low amount of points. Again, he had... He had eight points. And now his minutes was raised up to 26. So eight plus two, that's 10. He had 15 turnovers and 10 points in two games. What do you think about the Lakers signing of Russell Westbrook? And do you think this is any sign of concern for them or just it takes some time and it's only the preseason? Uh, you know, I definitely would be... I would be concerned only because you don't... They don't really seem to have, like, a set plan for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not like they have, like... Popovich or something to just figure it out 
So it's it, it is kind of they have LeBron, right? Yeah, but um, you know, it is kind of difficult when you have all paint scores. You know, someone has to be on the outside, and the th- the problem is is that it makes it easier for the other team to neutralize LeBron too, because it's like Russ is standing say in the corner, right? They don't have yeah. to worry about him, so they can just bring a defender into the into the paint. Yeah, and uh, double double LeBron in the paint. And then it's like, if he wants to kick it out, then he can kick it out. But then Westbrook is like on the three-point line, right? Yeah. So he can take a couple dribbles in and maybe do a mid-range, or what he would try to do is probably drive, right? But if he tried to drive, then those two defenders from before are still there. But what usually happens in these situations is Westbrook will shoot from three anyways. Like, he did have five three-point attempts in the first or second game, I believe. So he will attempt the threes until he makes it which is playing exactly to the defense's hand. And this is something that I personally predicted I, I exactly what would happen after watching him in OKC in Houston. I'd say he's like he's obviously a great player Hall of Famer, but I would say he's more of like an individual act than someone who would be a fit for a super team because especially now in the NBA not being able to shoot and at the point guard position is it's ho- going to hold you back a lot. Now, the problem that they have, right, is, again, they, they have people that are trying to get into the lane. Yeah. Like, the reason that he actually was very good with Houston, right? Because he everyone around him was a shooter, so he could they they would have Harden out, and they would have him drive in. And then if they don't double him, he just passes. He will, he will score in the paint. But if they do double him, he passes it out. But on the Lakers, they got no shooters. Their best shooter is probably LeBron. So everyone on that team is looking to go into the go rim run, which is kind of what you're saying. So it's even it, his weaknesses are exposed even more. Do they have Danny Green on the team still? No, Danny Green's on the Sixers. Oh, I don't know why I thought that. I thought he resigned with the Lakers. No, he resigned with the Sixers. He 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 got shamed by Lakers fans, and remember he got like death threats and stuff like that. So he just did not want to come back to LA. Went to Philly. So they just re-signed Dwight Howard then. Yeah, they they re-signed Dwight Howard and they brought Rondo back. But they, so they did have, pick up um, what was that? Carmelo. Yeah, they have yeah they got Melo back too. Well, he was never on the Lakers, but like, oh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think of Melo? You think he could just pull up for some jumpers? I mean, he could, but I'm just gonna say it right now. The fact that Melo is on this team is just evidence that this team is just gonna be. A massive fail <laughs> because bro, we, we all we both know the Carmelo legacy just look at all the teams he's been on he may play good but he's not ne- he's never gonna win anything and I refuse to believe him in his what season is he in like 16th 17th something high too many he's not as he's not as shifty as he was before obviously I'd say he, he probably could at least make a decent amount of maybe catch and shoot threes but he's not going to be the same shot creator he once was and the lakers fans are kind of acting like he's prime mellow and like the elite scorer he was he isn't right now so we're, people are kind of getting blinded by just the name carmelo anthony compared to what he's really capable of now so i would say that like that's just a regular vet signing for the lakers he's just a big name so it's it's I mean it's not even that bad of a signing for the Lakers, but if I were the Lakers, I'd be looking for shooters right now. I thought that personally the Lakers should have 
picked up Buddy Heald instead of Westbrook, Buddy Heald would be perfect because now we also have to realize Russell Westbrook is only efficient when he has the ball. But you know who else on the Lakers needs the ball? LeBron. So they're going to have to figure that out as well. If they had Buddy Heald, he's a really good three-point shooter. All LeBron would do is he could take control. He would he would have shooters surrounding him. AD for a big man isn't even that bad. So I think Buddy Heald would have been a perfect fit for the Lakers. But unfortunately, or fortunately for us Nets fans, LeBron decided to talk to Westbrook beforehand. Now that, that right there is is recruiting. I just don't understand how it's not recruiting because he invited Westbrook over to his house. But um, I'm just going to ignore that. But anyways, he talked <laughs> to Westbrook and he thought that it was a good idea to sign him. But it's not looking that good right now. All right, now they do have – I'm just going to name a couple other people that might be able to shoot. They have Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, and Kendrick Nunn. What do you think of any of those guys? I haven't really been following Trevor Ariza that much, but I mean, he obviously was with the Rockets, so he's at least a decent shooter. Ken Bazemore. I mean, I feel like Ken Bazemore is one of those streaky players where, like, sometimes he turns into Steph Curry, and then sometimes he just can't shoot. So I'd say they have, like, some... They have some average shooters, but then their main core is terrible shooters, like Westbrook. I will say LeBron's kind of improved in his three-point shooting, but... So Kent Bazemore shot... A good three-point shooter. Kent Bazemore, uh, given it was only three attempts per game, but he shot 41% from three last year. Yeah, but he also had way less minutes and on a way less significant team because I don't think anyone expected the Warriors to make a deep run, so... He also the only has thing a, is though, like now, right? Like, he. I'm just saying, it's a guy he can catch wide open, catch and shoot. Yeah. But I'm also gonna bring in this scenario right here about the 2021 Joe Harris versus the Bucks. Joe Harris was wide. He was wide open for catch and shoots almost every game because all the attention was on KD. When Harden came back, even on one foot, they there was more attention on him than Joe Harris. Joe Harris was wide open, and Joe Harris is has led the league in three point percentage before, and he he choked so badly. <laughs> he the, the the just the pressure of being on a team that actually matters. Like Joe Harris was just having fun before on the on the D Nets era. Didn't really have any expectations, just out there running around for fun, performing. No one ex- really expected anything from them. But now when you're on a team with greats like KD, Harden, Kyrie. There's expectations, and I feel like he's going to face these same expectations when he's playing with LeBron. So we'll have to see. Obviously, some players do better under the stress and pressure and expectations, but we'll have to see. And now one thing, uh, just getting your opinion on this. They could just not really play LeBron with Westbrook on the court. Like, they could switch them off in the rotation. What do you think of that? Then I would say, what was the point of trading for Westbrook if you're going to make him as a rotation player? Then why wouldn't you just want Buddy Heald as your rotation player over Westbrook? The the point would be that he carries the load in the regular season, gives all the effort, and then LeBron can kind of focus on postseason. 
Okay, but would you say that – how would they work together in the playoffs, though? Are you just going to say sit Russ in the fourth quarter and have LeBron just do it? I don't do know. I don't know. Up? It depends how Russ – like what Russ is really willing to do, right? Because if yeah. he's just turning the ball – if he's just turning the ball over every play, like in preseason, like no, I you can't have him on the court yeah. in the playoffs, right? So, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. I don't think just LeBron and AD themselves can beat Harden and KD. Now, that's, Especially now, that's since the thing about the Lakers, the reason I don't believe in the Lakers really isn't because of Westbrook. It's because we both know, right? Anthony Davis, yep, just won't. He won't be healthy. Like yeah. he just won't be. It's not. It's not even like a question at this point. Yeah. He just won't be healthy. Yeah, when we're talking about injury history, AD has to come to mind immediately. Yeah, that is that is true. We don't know if we're going to get like a 40-game season, a 50-game season, a 20-game season from AD. Obviously, if AD's, if AD's out, the Lakers have no chance. That's it. They're champion. If AD gets injured again, their championship window's over, I would say. So... That's what that's LeBron's job. He needs to make sure AD is healthy out there. His it doesn't have too much of a workload. So if yeah, if AD's if AD's out, then then the then the story's. I don't know, man. LeBron can do a lot of things, but I don't know if monitoring someone's health is one of them. No, I'm saying not monitor his health, but make sure he doesn't have as big as a load on the court. Like I don't know. I still feel like last year he didn't even really have that bad though. That's the thing. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. he can stay healthy at all. I mean, he really just is so fragile. Like every game virtually that he plays, I see him like have like a huge fall where it seems yeah. like he's just going to yeah, be. Yeah, like, I do remember year. that. He it looks like he has like an ACL shattering land or on, or something, but then he just and then he's like on the floor in pain, <laughs> but then he randomly just gets up and he's fine a couple minutes later. So there's like something like that happening every game. Now, I don't know if he was just learning from learning acting from LeBron. Or if he that he like actually hurts himself every time he's out there, but he is injured a lot. So we'll have to see how that goes on. All right, I say we got one last topic for right now. All right, I'm just checking in on you right now. Who is your goat of basketball? Kevin Durant, easy. And and are you being serious right now? Yeah, I'm being serious. Kevin Durant is the greatest player of all time to ever touch a basketball. You know what? You know what? I think that in a few days or however long, in a couple of days, we will not be taking two weeks. For anyone listening, we will not be taking – for anyone still listening, thank you guys. Check out the YouTube as well. Um, uh, in a couple of days, we will not be taking any more like two-week breaks or anything. In a few days, we are going to – debate this as a separate episode debate the goat that is KD, and, and also guys once the nba season starts i'll be putting out more regular content too so there won't be any long breaks like this but yeah, anyways, i will start forward back to up the next the episode NFL too yeah and look forward to the next episode because i will prove why kevin durant is the greatest player of all time and no i did not forget about michael jordan okay sounds good All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Flagger Foul Sports. We are checking out. We blew – just to summarize, we blew the whistle on Kyrie today. Uh, Hopefully he ends up playing in the end, you know, uh, for someone. Um, 
And again, we will be – oh, and we talked about Westbrook. Uh, hopefully Westbrook starts playing a little better for the Lakers. And again, to finish off, we uh, heard Tarun's take on the basketball goat, so I'm going to be – we're, we're going to be debating that at some point soon. So have a good one, everyone.